It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 21, Continuous Improvement in a Compliance Program. The 2019 guidance was very clear about the need for continuous improvement in any compliance program. It stated quite succinctly, one hallmark of an effective compliance program is its capacity to improve and evolve. The actual implementation of controls and practice will necessarily reveal areas of risk and potential adjustment. A company's business can change over time, as do the environments in which it operates. The nature of its customers, the laws that it governs, and the application of industry standards. Accordingly, prosecutors should consider whether the company has engaged in a meaningful effort to review its compliance program and ensure that it is not stale. This concept was originally embodied in Hallmark 9 of the 10 Hallmarks of an Effective Compliance Program. It was further specified in the 2019 Evaluation Guidance, which listed three types of continuous improvement, each further refined with multiple attendant questions. It also added a new area of inquiry that every compliance practitioner needs to incorporate into their assessment, improvement, and management cycles, that being culture. Internal audit, questions posed. What is the process for determining where and how frequently internal audit will undertake an audit, and what's the rationale behind the process? How are the audits carried out? What types of audits have identified issues relevant to the misconduct? Control testing. Has the company reviewed and audited its compliance program in the area relating to misconduct? Or generally, what type of testing, collection, and analysis of compliance data and interviews of employees does the company undertake? How were the results reported, and what was the action tracked? Next, evolving updates. How often has the company updated its risk assessments and reviewed to comp- read its compliance policies, programs, and practices? Has the company undertaken a gap analysis to determine if particular areas of risk are not sufficiently addressed in its policies or controls and training? What steps has the company taken to determine whether the policies and procedures make sense for specific business assessment? And here's the new one, culture of compliance. How often and how does the company measure its culture of compliance? How does the company seek input from all levels of employees to determine whether they perceive senior and middle management's commitment to compliance? What steps has the company taken in response to its measurement of the compliance culture? You should keep track of external and internal events which may cause your business process policies and procedures to change. Some examples might be new laws applicable to your business organizations and internal events which drive changes within your company. Continuous improvement requires that not only you audit but also monitor whether employees are staying with the compliance program. Indeed, two of the seven compliance elements in the U.S. sentencing guidelines call for companies to monitor, audit, and respond quickly to allegations of misconduct. These activities are key components enforcement officials look for when determining whether companies maintain adequate oversight of their compliance programs. One tool that is extremely useful is the continuous improvement cycle, yet it is often misused or misunderstood, and that's ongoing monitoring. 
This can come from the confusion about the differences between auditing and monitoring. Monitoring is a commitment to reviewing and detecting compliance variances in real time then reacting quickly to remediate them. A primary goal of monitoring is to identify and address gaps in your compliance program on a regular and consistent basis across a wide spectrum of data and information. Auditing is a more limited review of targets that uh, a specific business component, region, or market sector during a particular time frame to uncover or evaluate certain risks. However, you should not assume that because your company conducts audits, it is effectively monitoring. A robust compliance program should include several functions for auditing and monitoring, although unique in protocol. However, the two functions are related and operate in tandem. Monitoring activities can sometimes lead to audits. For instance, if you notice a trend of suspicious payments in recent monitoring reports from Indonesia, it may be time to conduct an audit of those operations to further investigate the issue. The 2019 guidance added the specific language around culture, culture assessment, culture review, and culture remediation. Should a company try and perform a self-assessment of its own culture or bring in a truly independent professional to do the assessment? Eric Feldman said that both are valid, but each has a different focus. The self-assessment is really akin to ongoing monitoring. In this scenario, a company has a responsibility to monitor its own workforce and culture literally on a day-to-day basis. Ongoing monitoring and oversight is critical to being able to manage what is very the very normal ebb and flow of culture in an organization. Cultures are dependent on people and people come and go. Here, an external monitor can, is able to gain a broader picture of a company's culture than simply a self-assessment. Many employees are more open, willing rather to open up to an independent outsider rather to someone in their own organization. Some of the ways to consider the culture of an organization are surveys, conversations, visits to the field. These need to be two-way conversations, Joe, to get a true understanding. Continuous improvement through continuous monitoring or other similar techniques will keep your compliance program abreast of any changes in your business's model, your business model's compliance risks, and allow growth based upon new and updated business best practices as specified by the regulators. A compliance program, in many ways, is a continuous evolving organism, just as your company is a continuous evolving organism. You need to build in a way to keep pace with both the market and regulatory changes to have a truly effective compliance program. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, your compliance program should be continually evolving. Your business is continually evolving and your compliance program must evolve with this to manage new different risks that pop up. Number two, Monitoring and auditing are different yet complementary tools for continuous improvement. And number three, <clears throat> culture assessment and monitoring are now also required by the Department of Justice. You should take steps to engage in both of these tools as well. Thank you for listening to day 21 of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. Hope you've enjoyed day 21 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow and I take up another strategy, tactic, or pointer that you can use in your compliance program. 31 days to a more effective compliance program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>